You're listening to Leadership Game Changers, conversations with heart and humor. In today's episode, we have the honor of speaking with Dr. Dumi Magadlela, a visionary coach who believes in the power of human connection. This is one of the most inspiring interviews that I have ever done. From the very first moment we start talking in this interview, I realize that Dumi is a true game changer in the field of coaching. Through his work, he has not only been recognized as the best coach in Africa, but has also made coaching accessible to those who couldn't afford it or were unaware of its potential. His commitment to inclusivity and his belief in the power of recognizing each individual's existence and worth is truly inspiring. So without further ado, let's go meet Dumi. So thank you so much, Dumi, for being here with me today. It's such a pleasure, Michelle. Thank you for having me. And my first question is, what would you like, just here at the start of the interview, what would you like listeners to know about you? That I'm human, first. And geography doesn't define me. And that the whole world, the whole planet is home to all of us. We need to transcend the superficial differences that we put around us to limit ourselves and others and say, no, you belong here, you carry this passport, this visa, and that. It's one of the biggest things. I would like people to know that. I see them. In my language, when we greet someone for the first time, Michelle, we say, Sawubona. I'll spell that. It's S-A-W-U. Yeah, S-A-W-U. Sawubona. B-O-N-A, one word, Sawubona. Sawubona. Exactly. Sawubona, it, it's in, it, it, the language is Isi Zulu, the language of the Zulu. Many times we just say the Zulu language, but that's, that's wrong. It's Isi Zulu, that's the name of the language. In Isi Zulu, when we, we greet someone, when I greet you for the first time, Michelle, I say, Sawubona, meaning I see you. It literally means I see you. I see you as you are as you present yourself to your world or to me as we encounter each other, that first moment of greeting, that first encounter, I see you. I'm offering that, that I'm recognizing that you exist and you are right here in front of me. And I see you and all that you are and all that you represent. It's a very profound greeting. And it means that we need to recognize that we exist together in this moment in time. So Michelle and our listeners and our viewers, Sawubona to you. And in plural, Sani Bonani. But that's another language, another word for another time. We'll do that okay. another time. So for Sa now, sometimes Sawubona. Sawubona, Michelle. Sawubona. You say that it is perfectly. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Um, I see you. you yeah. <laughs> And I see you, I already feel very moved and we haven't even started. Um, so uh, you were awarded best coach in Africa in 2016. And I, I wanna know what that was like for you, what that meant to you. That was with some very good fellow coaches and I was shocked. I honestly did not have a clue that they had even nominated me for that. 
and this is the Africa Board for, Co for, for Coaching Consulting and Coaching Psychology, uh, a body of coaching and coaches that promotes coaching across Africa. Uh, I mean, founded by a good friend and fellow coach of mine, I call him my brother from my other mother, Dr. Monges Makalima, and a, a, a group of other uh, fellow coaches we met, and, and he had come up with this idea. He's our current president for that association. And the idea behind that was to grow and promote coaching. And I'd been doing a lot of that uh, through both the work that we'd done before we, we established the, the Ubuntu Coaching Foundation at the Coaching Center with Dr. Pedi Pambalis, who is the, the founder and head of the Coaching Center in, in, in South Africa. And a lot of the work I've done, doing a lot of pro bono work, because I was full-time employed, so I could deploy more of my time coaching hours to doing pro bono coaching and promoting coaching among coaches and supervising coaching and, and delivering free uh, classes in coaching schools in South Africa. And, and then taking on other leaders and coaching leaders, many of them for, for free, and then others very nominal fee just to promote access to coaching in spaces that people could not afford coaching. There's sometimes where they didn't even know what coaching was. And then they, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware that people were watching that I'm, I'm doing this. Mm. And then being awarded that was very humbling for me, Michelle. Like, wow. And this is something that's so close to my heart because I love coaching. And I don't believe I do coaching. I believe I'm a coach. And mm. my way of being is a coaching way. And, and it's infused with Ubuntu. And it's Ubuntu coaching, or, or leaving and interacting with others from an Ubuntu stance, Ubuntu positioning, Ubuntu way of being, and then together with coaching in it. I think it, it makes us uh, more impactful positively in our yeah. human interrelationships. And it Can dissolves tell... most of the barriers we put among ourselves or, or between ourselves. Yeah, Dumi, can you tell listeners a little bit more about what Ubuntu is? Oh, how much time do you have, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> well, just a little, a, a little more information because it's, it's such yeah. a beautiful, uh, profound philosophy and, yeah. um, and way of being in the world. I think it deserves some, some more airtime. Thank you. And that, thank you for asking that because this speaks to something very close to my heart. This is a, me sharing a piece of me and a piece of uh, my world of people that resonate with this at many places around the world. Ubuntu is a way of being with yourself and with others that recognizes that we don't exist individually. We exist in partnership in collaboration and especially in connection with others, other beings and whoever those are, they could be human or other forms of life. We coexist together and those interconnections are what makes life meaningful and that's what sustains life. And the, the common definition that people throw around and from Nelson Mandela to the, the very strong liberation fighters in South Africa, freedom fighters like Desmond Tutu and, and many others and scholars uh, from ancient times. Ubuntu is linked to a whole lot of historical ancient wisdoms. It means that 
I am who I am because of those that have come before me and those that are around me now. In other words, there is an umbilical cord that connects me at spiritual soul being level to everyone else, even to you right now, Michelle, and to everyone listening. We are connected at a deeply profound level. We cannot disconnect from that. So Ubuntu means that I live my life in recognition of, of my coexistence with you. The fact that we are connected. We can try as much as we can to separate, disconnect, fragment, but we are inherently, inextricably interconnected. And for me, I live my life with that, recognizing that we are, we are connected. And you see every day how we try and separate and fragment using superficial things like skin color, like geography, I mentioned earlier, like culture. Like those, are, those are beautiful things that make it a, a mosaic of rich life to have those things that distinguish us by all those other so-called superficial differences. But we sometimes place too much emphasis on them and yeah. neglect to see the, the soul connections that make us all humane. Hence, Ubuntu. I am because we are. If I, Ubuntu means that, Michelle, if I do anything that reduces you and denies you the opportunity to live the life that you can potentially live, I'm not denying you that opportunity. I'm denying myself and all of humanity the opportunity and the gift of the talents and uniqueness of the gifts that can only come through you. If I limit you from living the life that you can potentially live, I'm literally robbing myself mm. of the gifts that come only through you because we are all unique and we all have incredibly amazing gifts. There's only one Michelle. Your fingerprints may be unique and different, but guess what? Your soul print Michelle is far more important than anything else. And my good friend, her name is, is Barbara Nasbaum, wrote a book uh, about, uh, is really about self-development, uh, African perspective. And in that book, she writes about, with her friends, she write, they write about the soul prints that we leave when we encounter another human being. It's so beautifully put, and I use that in my work in the teaching, leadership, and coaching, that we need to understand that when we encounter another we leave our soul prints in their souls. We encounter each other at soul level. That's deep connection. So I, 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 whenever I meet people, I say, my currency for human engagement is really connection. Connection is my currency that I deal in. I trade in human connection. It's, <laughs> it's priceless. Beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so how has this... In impacted your coaching because i know you established the ubuntu foundation right coaching yep. foundation can you tell yes. me about how you've blended this um philosophy and belief deep belief system you have with your coaching yeah one of the things that that i've done is try and 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 write a little more one of my mentors one of my senior coaches she's an, an icf uh 
master certified coach. Her name is Nobandu Mpotulo, and she's been she's she's well known. She coaches at at the top top level. She's an amazing coach. Uh, she put together a coaching Ubuntu coaching course a few years back, and I was one of the the first students uh, to go through that ICF accredited Ubuntu coaching uh, program, and. In that course, uh, you go through a, a mantra that is really, I won't go into it here, but what you get is a grounding on the value of an Ubuntu way of being as a coach. And the beauty for that for me is that I had been doing that even before I became a coach. Part of my, my journey, my work uh, in academic circles and in, in leadership development around the world has been in informed in it's it's highly informed by the wisdom of ubuntu understanding mm -hmm. that we are together on this journey and this short life we have you're lucky if you live up to 70 or 60 very quite recently you're lucky if you lived up to 40 or 50 and now it's people that will live over 100 many of them are already here we're seeing more of that so in this short human life michelle how about we make a massive positive impact in our relationships instead of harming each other by all kinds of things we do and separating and fragmenting and disconnecting from each other? How about we connect a little more and harness, harness harvest, utilize together to our collective benefit, the gifts and talents that exist in everyone else and co-creating spaces for people to, to unleash their talents and gifts for the benefit of everyone else. I believe that Ubuntu offers us that. Yeah. At, the pro, at the core level, Ubuntu is about that. So in my work as a coach, as a, as a, as a trainer, or as a teacher, I've done that every time. And I believe that I leave an impact, not just the soul print, but a positive impact on others to remember that they need to show up with their greatness that's already within them. And that's the essence of coaching. Yeah. We, we, coaching as coaches, we're agents of awareness. We help others become aware of who they are. We believe in self-awareness, helping our clients become more self-aware. I'm triggered by this as a leader. I respond like this to this. I'm like this. I need to manage myself this way so that I'm effective as a leader or as a professional, as, as a human being. And it's so... I bring that into my work all the time and Ubuntu informs everything I do and coaching now it's uh, I, I got to learn more about what coaching is isn't not just the core competencies but a way of being as a coach it resonates directly with the way of being as an Ubuntu practitioner let me call it that for lack of a better word because for me mm -hmm. Ubuntu you don't practice it you are it yeah so, so speaking of what you you want for the world, you got involved in, in, with ICF globally. You're on the board. Can you tell me yeah. more about what inspired you to get involved at that level? Yeah, it's been such a such a humbling privilege to be afforded the opportunity to to lead and to especially to chair the ICF global board. I'm I'm, I'm eternally ever grateful for that and, and really humbled by that. Uh, it's about service and it's at the heart of Ubuntu. Ubuntu is about serving, not myself. It's not about self-service. 
It's about selfless service, saving the greater good with those gifts that are placed within us. And this, for me, is just a call to serve the our beloved profession yeah. uh, with what I bring to the table of the I... ICF Global Board. And, and I do that with uh, an open heart of bringing Ubuntu to the center of, of our profession as, as a leader in that. And yeah. it, it, I was inspired really by people that said, you, you have to come and do this. And, and, come, and uh, there are others who are ready who can do that. And uh, yeah, you're one of them. Come on board and do that. <laughs> yes. Accepted I'm really glad. I'm, really, uh, I'm thrilled that you're on the global board uh, bringing what you bring to this profession at that level. I'm thrilled about that. Um, so you're also Dumi, a, a scholar. Can you tell me a little bit about how that's been woven in to your coaching, how that's shaped coaching for you? Yeah, for me, as a, as a scholar, I, I read a lot. You should see around where I'm sitting. You can see a little bit of my books behind me, Mandela's book there and others. And I, I believe, I love reading. So I read a lot, and and right now I'm reading a book about habits and and a book about coaching ethics that I contributed two chapters in. So exciting reading other people's chapters in the same book where I have two chapters with other people, one on my own and one with co-authored with others. So I read a lot, and I I've started to write quite a bit, and because I'm a perfectionist at heart, I, I can't share things before I believe they're good enough. So I've got manuscripts, I've got, I've got chapters, uh, articles for magazines and others, and I'm like, uh, not ready to share yet. And someone picks it up and reads it like, this is ready, this is great. So my scholarship uh, is informed by wanting to learn more about others, Michelle. There is so much wisdom out there. And our worldview needs to be one of curiosity and inquiry and an interest in learning more about others, not having our narrow myopic view that we are the best thing in the world. There is so much wisdom out there in places that we think are, have very little to offer. Yet that wisdom is exactly what the world needs. And if we approach everything and everyone with, with the knowledge that Everyone we encounter, Michelle, has something to teach us. There's a reason we're meeting them when we're meeting them. If we listen enough, we will learn and we can learn and be so much better after every encounter. And this is why I believe that we need to learn to listen more. Hence, reading allows you to listen to the words, or the message between the words, what someone is saying in those pages. And when someone listens to, say, this podcast, uh, it's got to, to mean something. They're investing some time to listen. It's got to mean something. They've got to get something of value to them. So I love books because you're on your own. So I love winter. We're entering winter in South Africa, in my part of the world now, my favorite season. I've got books lined up, read in front <laughs> of the fire. I love that. that. So my scholarship is in everything, Michelle, in people. Yeah. I learn from people, I learn from children, I learn from my favorite people, elders. Mm -hmm. Elders and the wisdom they carry. And I can't get enough when I speak with someone that's willing to impart their wisdom, their knowledge. And everyone has something unique in them. 
if you listen to them, you'll find something magical. Dumi, you, you mentioned children, and I know you and your wife have written at least one children's book, right? <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. What is it called? The Ubuntu? Can you read the title? Yeah. Let's see if you can read it. I can only see part of it. The Ubuntu Friendship of Beet and Eggy Egg. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about that? It's a story about coexistence. It's vegetables sitting in a, a on a kitchen counter in a in a basket, and there are beets in there, beetroot, there's carrot, there's onion, there's cabbage, and the other vegetables and fruit in it. They're sitting together, and this kid is cleaning uh, the the kitchen. And there's a story about the kid cleaning, and they talk about that. So these two friends, beet, beetroot, and egg, and an egg. Like, they're surprised. Why is an egg sitting among vegetables and fruit in a basket? And someone put it there by accident. It's, a, it's an egg that's boiled, but they don't know that it's boiled. <laughs> and then bit is a naughty one. And it, it, it teasing onion about onion you smell. And, you know, kids in the playground, body odor and all kinds of things. Someone didn't shower, didn't put underarm or something. They tease each other about everything, about height, weight, all kinds of things. It's a story about coexistence, how to coexist with others in a way that that builds coercion and understanding. They also conflict naturally, human beings like that. We're finding ourselves as kids. So the story teaches children to to find it in themselves to to coexist with others, regardless of differences, external appearances and others. So bit teases onion about smell, and then in another piece we talk about. And then egg says, but you know how onion smells when it's fried? You know, humans love that. Onion's <laughs> actually nutritious and it's got all, and, and, and beets says, but I've also got nutrition, I've got this, and then we we'll add the nutritional value of that. And then says, but you know how cabbage smells when it's been exposed too long? And so it's, it's teasing about that. And then it's about food <laughs> yeah. that talks to each other. And then egg is the smart one and, and protein and all that. And, and then the, 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 the basket falls to the floor and bit because he was naughty, shook the, the basket and they fell to the floor. So, and then eggy egg fell amongst uh, kale and spinach and didn't break. So they pick, pick each other up after that. And they're like, I thought, I thought you were dead, dude. I thought you were, you died when we fell to the floor. And, and the, because the egg is boiled, it didn't break. Yeah. And bit thought that he had killed his friend. But mm. a raw egg falling, it's done, it's finished. But so yeah. they pick up from there and they talk about being careful and that. So it's a story. Kids love it. It's on Amazon. It's available on mm. Amazon. It's for free. It's not a commercial project. But mm. we're doing a second edition now, Michelle, which is really fun. It's more, it's got a chapter on coaching and mentoring and the differences. And they talk to each other about what coaching is, what mentoring is. So it's quite funny. It's hilarious. And kids read it. They laugh and roll on the floor reading it. But yeah, you'll find that. So what was it like to, I mean, it's a beautiful project. I will check it out. What was it like yeah. to work with your wife on that, to collaborate with her? Yeah, my wife is a scientist. She's a zoologist. In fact, she was busy. Uh, she finished her master's. She was teaching at a university. That's where we met in Cape Town, University of the Western Cape. And I was a guest lecturer. She was a lecturer there. And she was actually writing up uh, her 
a doctoral thesis. But she actually left it to raise a family because she, started, she, she always wanted that, so she would finish it another time. And working with her on this was amazing from a scientific point of view, because you say, when you talk about this, what's the nutritional value you got to add? When you talk to children about this, sometimes you need to add something that they can relate to or give something to the parents to work with in that. So she sees things very differently as a scientist and looking for facts, looking for verification. Look, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more a human, human, uh, human behavioral scientist. I look at the interactions in that. So it was a fun project doing together. In fact, we started this as a, it was stories that we were telling our kids when I was a visiting professor in a university in Japan, in Tokyo, in Japan, mm. in 2016. And so in the evenings, we would be telling the kids stories just before bedtime. They loved the story so much that we, we built on it every time. So almost every chapter was written as we were telling the stories to them at bedtime. And then we decided, let's write it up. And... And then the, and the book was born from that. And it's wow. a series now that are going to be published. So look out for that in, in future. It's about bringing Ubuntu to children at an early age. And then we're infusing that with coaching so that we help children and parents uh, just meet and interact uh, with Ubuntu and coaching and that build that foundation for coexistence for our world. Because we need that, Michelle, don't yeah. we now? No, I absolutely agree. I think... When I first got into coaching 20 years ago, one of the, the first thoughts I had was, how can we get this learning to our children? How can we bring coaching into schools? Yeah. You know, people shouldn't have to wait until they're in their 30s or 40s to learn these in incredible resources and, and the awareness uh, that the coaching brings that makes all the difference in your life after you, you have it. So um, another question I have for you is about it, since you started your career as, as a coach, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned throughout your career? Yeah, there, there, there are so many, Michelle. It's just, I can't pick one, and I'll share a few of them. And one of them is understanding that you are a part and your greatness is in partnership with others. And that your impact, your effectiveness, not just your greatness, your effect, we're all great. Your impact comes into its own in connection with others. That we become more yeah. when we're together. And we become less when we pursue individual goals. I always say to my, my colleagues in the human resources or human capital field, we've got to put more weighting on performance measures that measure capacity to collaborate and cooperate with others within organizations than those that emphasize individual performance, individual excellence, because we're, we're building silos and individual focus, which takes away from the power that sits in between. So how ready are organizations in, in, in Africa to embrace Ubuntu and, and these ideas that you're wanting to get across? Organizations may not be ready, but they, they may find that they're being forced to. So we've got artificial intelligence now. We've got other forms that I mean that we're tapping into the whole world as it is. 
through artificial intelligence now with these tools now that are there that tap into the collective instantly we can do that at the human level by working yeah. together collaborating and one of the greatest things I've, I've learned over time is that when i tap into the the, the gifts and talents that are in others it helps unleash mine or, or sharpen or deepen my own understanding of myself so it makes me more makes me bigger makes me greater makes me come alive more when i connect with others and we help build something so if if it's do me and michelle there's something more than just you and me so it's it's one plus one equals more than three actually it's more than that it's what you bring and what i bring to that we are more when we are together and the yeah. more is that so we're greater than the sum of our parts in the true sense of it i completely agree <laughs> uh, so what is the biggest challenge you're facing and maybe before i ask you this question tell me a little bit about what's happening with coaching in africa right now how is the development of coaching in africa yeah i'm seeing a lot of young people one one organization if people are interested please check out an organization called bca leadership it's one very innovative very exciting outfit of coaching in Africa, that's taking coaching into organizations at leadership level. And then that's one. And you will find amazing things. There's a guy called uh, Dr. Mudupe Taylor Pierce, and who is the founder for that. And we're working with him as a, an event coming up now in, in May in Ghana, Accra, Ghana, take, which, which says uh, made, in leadership, made in Africa Leadership Conference. That's bring up, bringing up coaches from across the continent, from around the world. To, to come together to say how can you support African leaders to really utilize coaching and step into the space where they, they, they work with coaches. So that's one thing I see in that. And then uh, with ICF chapters that are very, very active, and the South African one is one of the largest, and then uh, the Kenyan one, and I recently spoke to a few people in, in Uganda, and then in, in a lot of work that people are doing in Malawi, great coaches that I work with in Rwanda and in uh, in Morocco, in Egypt, working with coaches in Egypt and Morocco, in Tunisia, in Egypt. So right across, and Nigerian chapter is actually writing a book with ICF on, on, on coaching, which really captures a whole lot in that. So there, there's so much happening on the, on the African coaching landscape that uh, the world needs to just wake up and see new, uh, the stuff that the people will be like, but we didn't know this. Yeah, you're not watching or not listening, not connecting to that. <laughs> so and then the biggest part of it, sorry, the biggest part of this, Michelle, is that there are more and more younger people on the African continent that are taking up coaching or interested in coaching or being coached Fantastic. with, with coaches, yeah. becoming coaches themselves. We have the youngest, Africa is the youngest continent on planet Earth. By 2040, 2050, will have the largest working population in the world, in Africa. And if you're a coach today and you're gonna be around in the next 20, 30 years, you've got to put your foot somewhere in Africa and be interested in what's going on, on this, in this part of the world, because it's gonna be right up there. Yeah, and then absolutely. a big part of that with the technology now, and then with these tools that connect humanity, it's gonna be a 
powerful uh, recipe for transformation at global scale. And we've got to be listening to what's going on and coming out of Africa right now. Very exciting. I don't know if you know that I work for the, I think we talked about this, I work for the Coactive Training Institute. And for years, we were in Johannesburg and Cape Town. How active or present is the coactive model of coaching in Africa? Yeah, I've heard about that a number of times. I'm, I'm actually very interested in that. I wouldn't put, uh, I wouldn't say I know a lot about that. I know about the coactive uh, work. And Michelle, I'm interested in that. By the way, I've been working in this organization for 20 years I've been part of. Uh, I'm actually leaving at the end of May. I mean, of, of, of April now. From the beginning of May, I'm going to be looking for new partners, new collaborations, new work, really, to work with. So maybe you and I need to talk. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I'll tell you all about our amazing model because <laughs> right. we, we were present for many years in Johannesburg and Cape Town. I, I don't think we're there now, but uh, I'm not sure I'll have to look into that. But we were there for I a long it time. Be, it should be. I've seen some things at Collective Coaching. It's okay, so maybe we are still there. I know we, we were there, then we left, yeah. and then maybe we, we, we've come back. So, we'll so, so tell me a little bit about what inspires you uh, or, or helps you be the best version of yourself when you're in front of either a client or a group of people? <laughs> oh, I can use more a more recent example just with, with a client now just to protect confidentiality and not to mention that. And what inspires me is, is seeing the light and the spark in another from either a statement or a question that I've shared with them. And many times I use a, a statement of observation, what I notice, what I hear you say, and what I notice. Uh, I shared this with one of my clients earlier today. Uh, she was talking about herself, talking about something that she was planning to do. And when she spoke about this particular thing, she lit up. Mm. Like she was so, you could see the joy and the excitement, and I couldn't put a word in, so I let her roll with it. And then I just kept quiet at the end, say, what just happened? And she burst out laughing and like, wow, this is what, so coach, those moments to me are priceless. You're helping someone connect with their essence as a coach. Michelle, that is priceless. And, and then she sends a message to say, thank you so much for helping me find myself. Mm. I, I really didn't do that. She did that herself. Yeah. You facilitated. I asked a question and made an observation. And it's, I didn't do much work in that, but it's being present. And that is it for me. That yeah. being present when someone finds something in our conversation called a coaching session that helps them become more of who they want to be. Absolutely. That is priceless. For me, that what makes this so amazingly fulfilling and so beautiful. I call it the sacred moment in coaching. Yeah. And coaching itself, Michelle, is sacred. You're sitting in front of someone talking about their development or developmental uh, edges, where they need to go, or could be a learning edge, a developmental edge, whatever it is. You're supporting someone to find more of themselves. How sacred is that? As coaches, we need to take this very, very seriously because this is the work. Yeah. And we are agents of awareness 
and agents of human development where we support others in sacred moments, spaces that are confidential for them to, to find themselves. Yeah. This is why I, every teacher should be should have a coach and become a coach at heart. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm finding this conversation so resonant with you because it, 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 there's, there's so many truths and ways you're expressing yourself that, that are touching me and, and that feel um, very much in alignment with how I see coaching and, yeah. and what this means to me as a profession. What, Dumi, what is your your dream for coaching for the world and for yourself? What's the dream? You ask beautiful, profound questions, Michelle. I love it. My dream is for coaching to be normalized. Mm. I'll say that again. My dream is for coaching to be the norm in human engagement. Yeah. Yeah, that it's just the way we all interact with each other and the way we uh, we perceive each other. Everything we do, thank you. Everything we do uh, is infused by that. That, and because coaching is a is a space that holds another to show up. That we need to do that for everybody else, even when they're not paying us to do that. So coaching normalized as in in 2016 when I was in Japan. I met someone who wrote a book called Three Minute Coaching. You can find it on Amazon. One of the leading coaches in Japan. And what he did with that is just show that every moment, every conversation, a two minutes conversation can be a coaching conversation. I love that. I still use that to this day. Yeah. Thank you, Lito-san. And for me, for me, it's it's beautiful to see that, that my dream is for coaching to be normal and to every for everyone to be able to access coaching yeah and with their spaces where people need coaching more than ever before don't get me started on on politicians and other global <laughs> leaders that need it yeah like or like oxygen yeah yeah that's true you know i often use the metaphor of like giving someone a glass of water in the desert you know when we're teaching these skills in, in organizations, you realize how thirsty or hungry people are to yeah. feel more connected with others and more soulful. Um, yeah. I think that there's, there's so much hunger out there in the yeah. world. Um, yeah. and, and then my dream, uh, another part of it, Michelle, if I may uh, repeat that, is just that uh, coaching to be affordable uh, in spaces that are called, that I call the the front line of coaching, where coaching is new and it's starting, uh, some of our fees and others uh, rates that some coaches charge are quite extortionist and prohibitive. And please uh, edit that out of the video. That we need to have coaching that's affordable. That and yes. let's leave it at that. We need to have coaching that's affordable and accessible. Yeah, that's yes. part of my work. I, I agree. I think I've had the the luck of having lucrative projects so that I could do projects for free, you know, making yeah. money over here so that I could uh, work as a volunteer over here. So I think that's another way to do it. Um, and, my, and my suggestion to sorry, my suggestion to our school is that every one of our coaching students needs to have a certain number of pro bono coaching, pro bono 
does not mean free. It means for good. And uh, one friend of mine who, who taught me that said, proper honor does not really mean free. It just means for good. But it's never free. Someone is expending time and, and their development and their investment into it for them to come and do that. So it's not free. It's just for good. I didn't realize that. I love means. that. I love understanding what words truly mean. I have a, a couple of pro bono clients right now who lost their jobs. And yeah. uh, they were client paying clients in the past. And yeah. I told them, absolutely, you know, I will, I will coach you pro bono. Because, uh, of course, if you don't have a job, uh, yeah. this, this work is about the heart and, and helping others before, at least for me, uh, yeah. as a priority. And then the money, the money flows, I think, when you, when you follow a deep purpose and follow your heart in this work. So, um, so here's another question. Um, if you had to put a name on the chapter you're living, like if your life was a novel, what's the name of the, the chapter you're living right now? It would be something about awakening. Hmm. What are you awakening to, Dumi? Uh, awakening to the gifts I carry within me and how they can be deployed beyond the narrow confines of geography and culture mm. and race and other things that it's possible to reach out and touch other people beyond your wildest dreams of what you can reach my well, grandfather saw when I was, if I'm yeah. my grandfather saw what I was doing now where I was going and doing it it would be it would be totally blown away what would, your, what would your grandfather say if he were sitting here listening to us what would he say he, he'd actually ask, so what are they like out there? Are they also human? You probably <laughs> want to know that. That uh, people that you meet across the oceans, are they also human? And mm -hmm. he'll actually make a laugh about that, that uh, laugh at me that, yeah, they are, they are also human because we, we're actually all born of the same mother. That's what he would say. Because mm -hmm. that is actually true. We're all old Lucy's children, the, the first humanoid that was found um, mm. is it a humanoid yeah first the first so speaking of, of children yeah. what what's the legacy you want to leave for your children i want my children to know that they matter and they have an impact they can make with the gifts that have been placed in them that they are enough mm -hmm. to show up in the world that the whole world is theirs not what someone defines is where they belong. I want them to know that they can be anywhere. They can go and live and be and do anything they want, that they are unlimited, not by race, culture, gender, anything, that they are enough. They are incredibly amazing and they are unlimited. Like we all are. We limit ourselves. We put boundaries all around us and put fences up around us and put all limitations and what we need to do is is calm down breathe and take all those defenses down and, and reach out and find each other yeah i love that it's, reach it's out and easier, find... than, easier said than done but yes 
Yes, but it's true that my experience is that when you create enough safety in a room of people, everyone takes their masks off. Yeah. Or most people do. And then what happens from there is incredible. Yeah. And a tip I would give to to many of our listeners is uh, try and be genuine and authentic with every single encounter. Try this. Say hello to a stranger today, tomorrow, anytime. Say hello and mean it to a stranger and check in with them and how they're doing. It's not easy. It's vulnerable. And when you do more of it, I do it automatically and I've refined how I do it. I have a way of doing that. People just open up. And it's about being, you see, when you're wearing that energy aura of, I see you, I'm interested in you, the other person feels it. Yeah. And when you practice that more, you find that it becomes easier to connect with others effortlessly. Because yeah. your whole energy, you disarm that filter of, I need to protect myself. People feel they don't need to do that. Yeah, when you so are open in your heart to start with that's positive so to regard up front that people can can feel it right it's yes when we train coaches we tell them you know you can learn all these tools and models but where you yeah. come from inside yeah. is what's going to yeah. have the most impact because people can feel it yeah. feel it in your words feel it in your body language where you're coming from What's your belief about the human being you have in front of you? I remember 20 years ago when I first started this, this work, I, I had this thought of there's no more, there's, there's no human being more important than the one that's standing in front of you right now. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think it's a, there's a quotation by, I'm not sure if it's, it's O'Brien something about the internal state of the intervener. I think you yes. know it. Yes, I do know yeah. it. I do yeah. know it. And I really live by that. And that's what I try to, to, to teach coaches because there's can I, can nothing more important than your internal state. Can I share that? Yeah. The quotation is, the success of an intervention depends on the interior condition of the intervener. And it's by Bill O'Brien. Yeah. It's, it's a brilliant quotation that sums up what coaching is. And we need to fix our how will fix our inner state. I always say to my to my my clients, my students, fix your how, and you'll find that it gets easier to get to the what and where and when. Yeah. So the success of an intervention depends on the interior condition of the, the intervener. Intervener, and that I would say that that's what leadership is all about, right? It, it's, because whatever state you're in creates a vibe and and we are contagious as human beings so if you come yeah. from that place it, like you said you disarm those around you 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 change yeah. what i call you change the game you change and that, that's so beautiful michelle your your being a game changer starts with you Absolutely. fix yourself first and be ready to change the game by changing how you are within you we evoke in others what already is within us. Yeah. And it's very can, important to have that intent to yeah. impact others. The I would say there's, yeah, there's nothing more important than that. You know, I don't know if you can see the quote that I have here. It's my favorite quote, right? Be the change you wish to see in the world. 
Beautiful. I love it. So I'm not sure how long we've been talking. I have so many questions I'd like to ask you, and I'm not sure how much more time we have. Um, but maybe before I look at my list, what would you love for me to ask you that I haven't asked you yet, Dewey? Why do you think you're here now? Mm, okay, why do you think you're here now? To impact the world differently, to bring something else. And, and this is not, not, not because I think I'm so important and that, no, I'm actually a very small part in a huge, a drop in, in, in an ocean. To bring something, however small we start, with all energy fractals, to start to bring something through any and every platform that I'm part of that can help us see more clearly, more sharply that we are amazing when we are together. I believe that's why I'm here and to help everyone I meet and I encounter to feel and know that they are amazing and they are unlimited and to impact others with that energy that says, Michelle, you're gorgeous. You're amazing. It, besides the killer smile, you're just a, an amazing human being and you're here now and you matter and you play a part and the world needs you now than ever before. Do your thing and do your part and show up and don't deny us the gifts that come through you because that's the biggest crime and sin to deny the world the gifts that are in you and then help others not realize their full potential. That's a bigger crime and sin. Support others to be the best versions of themselves by being the best version of yourself in every single moment and we'll yeah. all be better off for it. Yeah, wonderful, wonderfully summed up. You know, it, it's a it's a whole different perspective when you express it like that because very often you find with, with clients, um, they feel a little bit shy and they think, well, really owning my gifts and being magnificent, it feels like it's my ego, but it's actually not. When you really step into who you are and you bring your gifts into the world, it's generosity of spirit. Yeah, oh, that's so beautifully put. It's exactly that. And the generosity of spirit is unlimited in that. It, how, how, how big is your spirit? How wide, how broad, how expansive is it? Do we know that? Because we are all connected in that way. Then it becomes a network, an ecosystem of connected individuals that are alert and awake to why they're here now. You know, one of the, the reasons that I've reached out to you is because I'm so passionate about creating spaces where we can tap into our collective intelligence, our shared humanity. So I really yeah. look forward to more conversations and, and hopefully collaboration in the, in the future. Um, this has been, uh, I don't think I've ever had a conversation that's been so resonant, deeply resonant about coaching in my, in my 20 years. So I'm extremely grateful to have been able to, first of all, stumble onto you because that's what happened. I stumbled onto an interview on LinkedIn and then reached out and, and this is happening. We are here seeing each other, listening to each other today. And I consider it, no matter what, a, a huge gift. And I think that this uh, episode 
Um, this podcast will also be a wonderful gift for our listeners. So thank you so much for, for being here. Um, anything you want to recommend in terms of books or resources for listeners, maybe about Ubuntu or anything, anything else that comes to mind? What I would urge people to do is to look up No Bandu's course. Uh, if you just Google No Bandu, N-O-B-A-N-T-U. N-O-B-A-N-T-U. No Bandu. Uh, she runs the course. It's it's it fills up pretty quickly. So it's, it takes a f- only a few people. It's quite thorough and detailed in that. And then look up uh, the coaching center dot co dot za in in South Africa, and we'll be running a team coaching session, a team coaching classes uh, later in the year and early next year, which is about Ubuntu team coaching. Oh, great. It's really growing. I might come. I might come and sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, it's an amazing program. We, we, it's, it, we are currently designing it, just finishing that up. So it's about Ubuntu team coaching, and it's one of a kind. So you can find it anywhere else in that way. We're bringing all the resources about being humane as you interact with others, we believe. Uh, team coaching is a bigger chance for critical mass in, in, in awareness about the power of the collective as opposed to the individual. Mm. Still need the individual. I love it. I love it. In partnership is amazing. So, so uh, if you could have, this is a creative sort of final question. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, knowing that the entire world was going to pass by that billboard and read it, what would you want that billboard to say? Say hello in minute. Say hello and mean it. You know what I say a lot of times in organizations? I say, when you ask people how they're doing, mean it. Because so often we say, how are you? But we don't really want to know. So I love it. It's it's almost like we could say, whatever you say to another human being, mean it. <laughs> mean it. That's it. It's simple. That's simple. Yeah. So, saubona. Saubona. Hey, I see you too. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you so Beautiful. much. I know that we will be in touch. It was a, an absolute honor to have you on my podcast. The, the, the pleasure and the honor is mine. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful and enlightening conversation with Dr. Dumi Magadlela. Through his belief in the power of recognizing our shared humanity and creating transformative spaces, Dumi inspires us to see and acknowledge one another. He reminds us that coaching is about helping someone connect with their essence. And when we do that, the feeling is priceless. His ability to explain what coaching is, in my opinion, is unparalleled, making him one of the most impactful voices in the field. So as I conclude this episode, I just want to stop and remember Doomy's words. I see you, he said, as you are, as you present yourself. May we all strive to leave soul prints on the lives of everyone we meet. Thank you for listening to Leadership Game Changers.